Hey everybody, John from Horror Dads here. We have a really exciting episode planned for today. We are interviewing three individuals from the South African uh, horror film community. And uh, it's a great session, but I do want to just call out a couple things in advance prior to jumping into the episode. So due to the time change between you know the East Coast and South Africa, um, of the three guests, we have two um, kind of needed to leave prematurely due to uh, prior engagements and it just being sort of middle the middle of their work day. So it's a little bit of a and then there were none sort of scenario. So we do lo- lose two of the uh, interviewees um, before the end of the session. Uh, so if you're wondering why by the time we get to the end, it's just us and one of the uh, the folks, that's why. Uh, but great content nonetheless. Um and I also wanted to note, we do have a new patron uh, that has uh, signed up for a Patreon. So Chris Obert has joined us as a patron. And Chris, thank you so much, man. Your conversation and uh, just discussion with us on Instagram has been really great. And we, we appreciate you, man. Another fellow horror dad. So thank you for your engagement and for being a patron. And for those that uh, want to consider joining our Patreon, you can do so. Um, join us on patreon.com slash horror dads. We do have the $5 tier and the $10 tier, and, um, we'd love to have you on board if you're interested. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and get into our episode. Welcome to episode 31 of the Horror Dads podcast. You're joined by your host, John and Jamie. Uh, today, we actually have a full house. We have three guests on today. We have uh, Raina Swart, Christopher Jopta, and Hangani Lovu, I believe I pronounced your la- last name correctly there. That was pretty close. <laughs> All right. Welcome, guys. Thank you so thank much you. for having us. Yeah, thank hey, you. Thank you guys so much for being on. No, it's yeah, our this, uh, honor. Well, we, we certainly appreciate it. And we've got, uh, so with the five of us, it's, it's gonna, we're gonna work at a cadence here. And I'm sure we're gonna try not to talk over each other too much. And I'm sorry, because I do that when it's just Jamie and I. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> but you guys are all, uh, you, you originate from from South Africa. And recently, uh, last year, a film called The Hex was released. So Raina, you directed that. Um, and Kristen Hungani, you guys starred in the film. So that's sort of what brought us here together. But we're going to talk about uh, that film. We're going to talk about everybody's careers here. And then we're going to wrap the episode by talking about uh, a couple South African horror films that are maybe a little, a little lesser known um, and give credence to some of those and sort of talk about those films. Sounds good. All right. Um, so firstly, thank you all for doing this. This is fantastic. Uh, Jamie and I both love the film, uh, The Hex. We now both own it, yes? Yep, for sure we do. Um, but it seems like, and, and, and you know, Chris, maybe we could start with you. So it seems like horror is uh, an up-and-coming genre in South Africa, and that was a little tough to, to, for you guys to pick some South African horror films because there aren't a ton of them. Yeah, um, look, to be honest with you, the... We've we've had some horror classics um, back in the day. Um, uh, we used to have certain TV series. I mean, I grew up with a TV series called Lisilo, and um, 
that that would just like scare the <laughs> the living daylights out of me. Um, so I mean, we do have a lot of very scary stories, but like you said, um, it's not a genre that South Africans have really taken to. But um, hopefully, with uh, all of the beautiful little gems that are coming out, um, we'll uh, gather or garner a lot more traction and following. Yeah, it it seems like. Um... Is, is it making a resurgence or has horror just never really been a big thing in the South African culture? <clears throat> yeah, it's never really been a big thing. Um, but I think about from 2017, little indie films started make, you know, reviving. So it was kind of like a new thing. And it, what really got people's attention is a, a horror film got bought in the United States and then it went to Europe and then it went, so it went all over the world and they, and that's where everyone saw the potential because there's so much wonderful and intriguing and different stories um, in South Africa and urban legends. So everyone uh, started to explore that. And I think they'd also bring something different to an American audience. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, it seems like all the horror that I do find uh, from South Africa seems to be based on folklore um, or legend, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And it's also such a beautiful landscape. Um, yeah, it really is. That, it, you know, the filming aspect of it. And I think you, we had Michael Potter on, who you co-starred with, Rain, uh, Raina, and Triggered. Mm. And he and when he was on, we had discussed the idea of, I think it was DTI, the, it seems like the trade, um, the, the, there's some government entity that funds portions of these projects yeah. for yeah. the interest of increasing basically tourism, right? Yeah, so the DTI, um, they have, which is great, it's grants. So you make the film and if you qualify, you, you get a portion back. And that really helps that the government is behind um, you know, in, involved in filmmaking and also tourism and every different sectors. And I think that really attracts overseas companies. So we have a lot of American productions and British productions coming to shoot in South Africa because it's a small country, but it's so beautiful. We have a desert, we have, you know, the beaches and mountains. We have all sorts of landscapes, um, which attracts uh, overseas film filmmakers to come and make their movies in South Africa as well. Yeah, for sure. So, so Hungani, you are, I guess, a living example uh, of, of an individual that, that grew up, I guess, without horror as part of your life uh, very much, right? Because you're, you're, you're not a horror fan, correct? That is very, very correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is it just something you were never exposed to, so you have no interest, or is it something that when you watch, you're just like, nah. Um, so I was exposed to it uh, many a times and like I opted out um, mm. just because <laughs> sometimes I just felt like I, I don't really understand why this is something we should be watching right now. Um, and I think it's because I was just a little too young to kind of receive the stuff that I was watching, um, like 
um, Cheapest Creepers, which I think I mentioned to you guys. I also kind of remembered a little bit of like Chucky and like some very disturbing things that I've seen snippets of and I just never like got the curiosity or the interest to like, huh, I wonder how this ends. Um, <laughs> it just, it never took me there. So I never really um, got into it, but it's definitely a genre that I know has like um, a very big niche. Yeah, definitely. Are, did you guys grow up like, are the um, American standards in horror like as popular over in South Africa as they are here? Like Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. Like, are those staples over there as well? Yeah, yeah. May, may I jump in there for a second? Yeah, uh, please. Rani is not the only one that doesn't like horrors. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Raina knows that as well. Um, I, I like you. You talk about uh, well-known American movies and that sort of thing. Part of the reason uh, why I hate horror movies or hated horror movies was because of movies like Freddy Krueger or um, you know, like the big crazy horrors um, that would actually give us nightmares and that sort of thing. So. I would, I would never understand why people would put themselves under that extreme sort of um, circumstances or give themselves PTSD. <laughs> so when Raina told me about Hex and she was like, listen, man, there's a part in it for you. I want you to read for it, blah, blah, blah. Um, just check it out. It's a horror film. And I was like, mm, I'm not so sure. I don't do horrors. <laughs> and she was like, no, nah, it's going to be fun, they said. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, I'm still having life this day <laughs> I'm kidding. I, well, no, we appreciate that honesty yeah but i think Rena, it, Rena, go ahead. no horror films like oh, but michael potter is amazing i wanted to say that as well so it's great that you chat it with him it's um, my first horror film that i made it was just so much fun making it because it's it's not as scary on set or or just me maybe but the experience was just incredible like you get to run and scream and it's all these exciting emotions. You, you get to be all over the place. And I guess for an actor, um, you know, that's kind of a dream world just to, to be able to portray so many emotions. I think it was Wes Craven uh, who directed, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street original and, and Scream. He, I think it was him that was talking about how horror films are the best and most fun genre to, to make production wise. And that like comedies are are very very difficult and they're very tense and they're very um, they're not as fun and funny as they appear when they're done. Um, and conversely, horror films are really fun and funny during the production process, and then the end result is what it is. So it's really interesting to hear that uh, that flip. Do you guys feel that that's the case? Uh, I mean, I'm, so, sorry. Yeah, go for it, Chris. No, no, you first, bro. Oh, this guy. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, I would definitely second that because, um, like, being on set while we were doing um, Hex was just, like, really, really fun. Um, as much as there were, like, you know, like, makeup effects and all that kind of stuff. Um, just, like, seeing what we were doing um, and knowing that, at some point this is supposed to like give someone a fright or scare someone like being the actor in it at the moment um there was just like certain things that i as an actor knew that i needed to kind of um 
tap into in order to reach a certain degree of performance that would be believable so that someone even though I find this quite funny at the moment but so that someone else when they receive it don't find it as funny as I currently do in the moment so it was definitely not scary creating it but if I'm being honest which is what we're doing here I actually didn't even manage to finish Hex and I'm in it. <laughs> my next question was actually going to be um how, like it i was thinking it's got to be really cool to watch that back and be like we were all laughing like three minutes prior to this moment that's super fucking scary it's probably really funny to watch that back i mean i guess for people who maybe find horror like i'm sure like when reyna watches it she you know has those like moments where she's like oh my gosh this is really funny on set but it came out really well yeah for me I forget what happened on set when I'm watching because uh, I'm trying to receive it as an audience member and then I just start to freak out and then I end up turning it off. So it's, as, it's a little difficult. That's funny. As performers though, or as people that work in this industry, do you do you all typically go back and watch watch your stuff? Because and I don't mean that in a negative way, because you know, I'm a musician and I listen to my own music um, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it. Um, so do you, do you do the same thing? Do you go back and watch typically? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Look, for the purposes of improving your performances, I know that you should never, because actors are, are very critical uh, over their performances and their craft. Um, so it could be a disadvantage to watch it. And you, you, if, if you um, were honest in the moments and you start criticizing your performance, then um, it can have a little bit of a psychological effect on the next performance or the next role that you might take on. So I always watch it with an open mind. But when I do come to set, I come prepared and um, I, I let the material speak to me, you know what I mean? So that my moments could always be truthful. And I guess leading back to whether or not you find certain things funny on set, whether it be a horror or a comedy, um, you know, the process leading up to it is always fun. <laughs> but then immediately when you get into the zone, it's like, if you, this is real, man, this has got to be real. So it's, it's like not that fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Afterwards, once you, got it, once you got it in the bag and stuff, you're like, okay, cool, that's all good. But um, um, yeah, for me, that was scary, just going back one or two pages. However, um, with regards to watching the performances and that sort of thing, I never used to, but I felt like it was important too, so that... Um, uh, you could learn to grow, you know what I mean? So that you don't um, look at the performance with the over or, or the, the show um, or the uh, production with the overly analytical eye, but you look at it from perspective of uh, growth, where you can improve and what could go better rather than tearing yourself down and sort of uh, pulling out negatives that shouldn't really be there. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have to have a personality to be able to do that like i i feel like m- me personally i'm so self-critical that even if something is good i i feel like it was awful so i feel like i would never be able to be an actor first of all but i wouldn't be able to watch my stuff back because i'd be cringing the entire time oh it's very cringeworthy no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> for me it's um that's why maybe behind the scenes is a little better for me because i don't know i'm very critical and i i don't like watching my stuff um but yeah uh it's i think it's great to to act and also because the thing is the actor is so vulnerable and if you're producing or directing that at least you know where the actor's mindset's at and you understand it's 
you're giving so much for the audience and uh, yeah. uh so how did you guys did you guys all know each other before the hex reina what kind of attracted you to chris and hungani like it sounds like you knew them and kind of had a part in mind for them yeah yeah so um Hungani and I did a short film together and Chris and I did a short film together. So um, the thing is, I knew they were lovely to work with because number one, you want to work with people who are, you know, wonderful to work with, even though if someone's really talented and they're very difficult, it, it makes, you know, it just kind of um, makes the mood. How can I say it? <laughs> it just... Uh, I'm thinking in Afrikaans, sorry. <laughs> it just makes the mood. In other words. Yeah, I'm out of in words. Other words. In other words, in other words, Raina's trying to say we weren't talented, but we were great to work with. <laughs> <laughs> no, Very easy to manage. They deserved a chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, obviously you're super, super talented, but you're lovely to work with. And, um, and also they were perfect for the roles. I don't think they know this, but... You know, we, we wrote it, um, well, I wrote it with them in mind. So it was just, I'm so happy that they accepted it because they both work on very big productions and, um, yeah, just humbled that they, they came and did this indie film with me. We are honored and we were honored to be a part of it. Thank you, Reina. Yeah. I second that. And I, I think the, the budget for this film um, I, I feel like was not huge. And I think with, with what you had, you guys did an amazing job. And I think what really propelled that is the, uh, the, the human interaction. So I think from an acting standpoint, you know, that is such a huge portion of this film because, you know, there are some practical effects that I think were, were really, really nicely done. Um, and if you had triple the budget, I'm sure you would have had triple the practical effects. Um, but you know, there's, there's a cost for that. So I think uh, it was really, really effective. The, the human interaction, the, the characters I felt, you know, Hungani, your character, for example, like I really cared about your interaction with, um, with who we just found out is actually your wife in real life. Um, <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's why it was so palpable, but you know, I really cared about your character and I, I wanted you guys to make it out. Um, yeah. So, so there, there's, Kudos, kudos to that for many reasons. Well, thank you for being able to relate to him in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, my wife's uh, frequently mad at me, so I, I, <laughs> I felt some, uh, some definite relation there. You totally understood yeah. how he felt. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got you. That's that's why my character was there. Oh, Just mad at me you. again, huh? <laughs> so, wait, Angani, do you want to talk real quick yeah. about? Uh, about that relationship so you did meet your wife or you didn't meet your wife here but you guys did you get married shortly thereafter this this production you i guess you, um, you owe so, we, a lot. <laughs> so we met so we met on a different set um but when when we were approached to to work together on this production for hex um it was quite yeah it was like the first time we would be actually acting alongside one another so where we met she's a casting director on that particular production and i was an actor so that that was a completely different interaction so this was quite um interesting for us to maneuver through 
um, especially because it's not like the characters we were playing um, were like so different from who we are as individuals ourselves. Um, it was quite like when we were running lines like at home, um, would sometimes have moments where we're like, okay, but can you not maybe just change like the tone of your voice so that you just sound different as well as like include some posture work, like just do something so that it feels different to actually being Hungani and Stephanie, but actually our characters. So it was quite a really challenging experience, um, just like on a mental kind of scale, um, but it was definitely fun um, once we got on set and like just playing around and seeing what we could create. So to, to get that kind of feedback in terms of going back to that comment you made earlier on about um, be feeling sorry for him and all that kind of stuff, it, it really is great to hear that that did translate on screen. Oh, for sure. It did. It did. Yeah. So, Chris, you, you did not meet anybody on the set because I, I will say I was looking through your IMDb page and I see a couple roles back. You were cast as a, a guy called Sexy Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you didn't find love on, on the hex? <laughs> nah, nah, I didn't find love on the hex. It seems, I don't know, uh, maybe the Sexy Man thing uh, has kind of like scare people off you know what i mean because i don't know i don't know how true it really is to be just honest intimidated that's all <laughs> um oh. but yeah I, I never found any sort of love or romance uh on the set of hex or any other other sets that i've been on so far <laughs> i'm sure Everyone's there's like, oh god this chris guy he's untouchable <laughs> <laughs> i guess there's a lot of girls going after you chris you're available you're gorgeous and he's super funny got great sense of humor so yeah, you can stay in. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, uh, all, all joking aside, we we really connected with a lot of the characters uh, for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different ways. So, um, we'll we'll jump into the movie a little bit more here. But but Raina, being that this this was your directorial debut, <clears throat> it seems like it it wasn't something you wrote a million years ago and then brought to life. Um, later in life it seems like it's something that you wrote somewhat recently but um you know do you naturally gravitate toward horror is it is it your favorite genre and do you want to talk a little bit about how this film sort of came to inception yeah so no i naturally gravitate to more like surrealism and fantasy and highly imaginative films um i feel that if something is if it's just unrealistic it takes me out of this world and just into this beautiful story and um, this mind of this creative person so yeah I think horror definitely falls under those categories for me personally because it's I, I don't watch it and think oh this could happen to me um, I'm talking about supernatural horror now uh, yeah so I definitely gravitate towards uh, something that takes you out of this world and horror was just something that I've worked on a lot the last few years um, and I just knew it was fun to make and you don't need not that I'm saying it would be lovely to have a huge budget but I think that's it, it's been well received um, in well we've got, got it bought in America um, Cleopatra bought it here and in Europe real suspects in South Africa oh, well in Africa um, multi-choice who owns Mnet and Showmax. So it's been well received. And I think that's 
because of um because it's just something that's different and there's always there's a great horror film community that supports indie films so i'm really really grateful for for the community that's been very supportive yeah that's awesome i mean we found just through the process of this podcast and we don't know if this is genre specific or if it's just the industry in general but it seems like it might just be the industry because chris and hungani you guys aren't huge horror fans but you're incredibly kind and and just nice people that are great to talk to but we've <laughs> we've really found that everyone in this space is is amazing no i agree that the, the the community are so friendly even though they watch very disturbing films the community has just been so welcoming. Um, yeah, I, I started working, so The Lullaby was a, a film that came to America in 2017. And I've just had so many people like staying friends with them on social media in the horror film community. And yeah, it's, it's a great filming community. Yeah, it really is. And like you said, John, I'm not sure if that, you know, like, <clears throat> uh, I don't I wonder sometimes is there like an action film community you know it's like we love Die Hard yeah I feel like we're all like that but I wonder if there's like a specific yeah um, I, I guess a ton of uh, action horror podcasts yeah. or action podcasts yeah they, they're not like a romantic film community you know yeah sure the, the rom-com podcast yeah yeah <laughs> Well, guys, I think we're on to something, so. <laughs> Rom-coms and moms. Now your wife should have a podcast. Oh, yeah. Rom-com moms. Oh, that's a Rom moms. Idea. Yeah, rom moms. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, so wait, Rain, you are our first horror mom. I can't believe we've gone this far into this episode and not mentioned this fact, but. Yeah, how is that? Um. Well, I so we did How do a, we not? a Patreon episode with our wives. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. So I guess they're the first uh, horror moms that we've had on. But so <laughs> you you are a, a newer mother, yeah. So your your son is what a year old? Hi, he's almost a year. Yeah, he's a he he was born in the midst of the pandemic, and I thought the world's going to end, but at least I was blessed with this beautiful little boy. And um, yeah, it, it's so it's. It really changes your perspective on life, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's very tiring, but it's it's such a blessing. Yes, it is. Congratulations, Raina. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think I, I think I congratulated you before, but it's nice to congratulate you on horror dad as well. So now we're mortalizing the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my last question um, before we move into the hex would be, Chris and Hungani, did you guys do any research like? Well, I better watch a bunch of horror films here before I'm going to be in this movie. Or did you just um, wing it? Hungani, do you want to go, bro? No, you let me go last time. You have to go now. <laughs> okay, cool. It's like the latest first type of thing. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll go. Um, uh, yeah, so look. You do the kind of research, I mean, okay, my character didn't have that many scenes, so there wasn't much that I needed to do, but I always read the script from uh, top and tail, um, just so that I have an idea as to, you know, where my character fits in. Um, but uh, I trusted Reina, I trusted still, um, she, like, like she said, you know, I mean, we've worked together before. 
um, and it's always just been very professional. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the, the talent um, kind of like precedes everything else. So you know what you're going to be getting when you're working with uh, the caliber of directors like herself, um, even though it was a director, uh, directorial debut. Um, she's a fantastic actress as well. So um, I saw the cast that we had and I knew that it was going to be in good, good hands. Um, the team was amazing. Um, and yeah, so we, I, I prepared as much as I could. Um, I didn't really go into any horror films and try and sort of research that sort of thing. I, I did that once before, um, I, cause I, I took some acting classes, uh, in LA <laughs> some time back. And, um, one of the genres that we had to get into was horrors and, uh, Hungani is talking about Jeepers Creepers. That was the one that I got into, and I actually laughed my my butt off <laughs> once I got to like see what was happening. So it actually became like a bit of a comedy to me. However, um, yeah, I never really went into any detail with regards to any other stories because I mean it was a very original story in the first place. So I don't think there could have been anything that we could have pulled from um, right. rather than just kind of get into the the material and let it uh, resonate with us, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, for myself as well, um, I didn't really do any, I guess, if I could say exterior kind of research. Um, I did more really research on the kind of role that um, my character played within, um, I guess, where he was staying, the lodge, right? Um, so just to kind of see how does a person that works in that environment, how do they um, carry themselves and how do they do what they do um, and posture is quite an important thing for those kind of people because of what they represent etc etc so that's the kind of work I did not necessarily particular to the genre but more of like what my character does who is he yeah I feel like your character is more is less about the horror and more about the contrast of the relationship between you know your girlfriend and and you happen upon horror yeah. right yeah 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 that's that's interesting um reina i got a i have a question for you so as the as the the horror mom in the room if you had the opportunity to to be involved in a franchise whether direct or or act in uh in a sequel or a remake for an existing like horror franchise or film do you have one that you would that you'd be dying to be involved in production on? Yeah, like the most recent Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, no. Um, so, okay. I, I'm not like, if it, it's a good film, I don't want to make a remake because um, I kind of feel that it's, it's, it's timeless. Um, but if I had to, if, no, not had to, I'd love to do a sequel for Poltergeist. Um, I just mm. think that's so interesting and so weird and, um, yeah, kind of just as a sequel, but a standalone, but still the same concept behind it would be really cool. I would love that because we had a remake and it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was early 2000s. I know it wasn't really good. Um, there, there hasn't been a, a later one, right? Uh, I don't think so. Um, there was one, what? Like, I don't 2015, 2017? Yeah. Oh, 2015, yeah. Back. Okay, yeah, that's... That's not too long ago, though. That original one, though, uh, with the depiction of, like, middle America, that's basically where Jamie and I live. <laughs> um, 
and part of what we love so much about horror um is the way it's able to encapsulate and embody that middle american infiltration because like the idea of living in the suburbs is very insular and you're you're kind of padded by by the urban environments and each coast is you know six or seven hundred miles away so like you're right in the smack dab in the middle of the united states there's nothing safer right uh and then what happens is oh there's a vampire that moves in next door or <laughs> there's a poltergeist that wants to suck your kid in the tv or yeah right like you're safe from hurricanes but not safe from zombies yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that is funny <laughs> to think of it that way <laughs> yeah that's so that's part of what we like um all right. Well, we should probably dive into some questions and conversation about the hex yeah. before we get into our South African horror films. I'm scared of a power. The witch doctors. I've been feeling something sinister. I felt it too. Since my mom was murdered, I fell for fine who did it. We should tell the lane. Not a word. She told me she got rid of everything. So I'll, I'll kind of start, and I, I had mentioned the effectiveness of the characters, um, which is credit to everybody on this call right now, uh, which is which is such a huge part of this film. But what was it like to work with the other actors in this film? Um, Coco, she seems like she, so Coco's the lead. Uh, for those that haven't seen the the film, that might be listening, um, she's the one that has uh, the very beautiful platinum hair, uh, and she she seems like she's the real deal. So what was it like working with um, everybody on this movie? Okay. Uh, Horrible. Uh, no. <laughs> well, kidding, that's kidding. The, your experience. Um, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Uh, it was really, really great for me to work with. Uh, I'll, I'll start like um, Mary Ann Baller. She's, um, she played Lisa and I think she and Coco had a great um chemistry going on like mother daughter or aunt and um niece and uh and then Unati is played by Marie Malefe van Yeden and the three of them had a great like trio going on like the three women because basically they were the three principal characters and and then we had very important co-stars like Chris and Ghani's character and Stephanie's character so they, those characters these people that I just mentioned were the heart of the film and the where the lead um all of them had a connection towards her and it was just incredible for me to work with them and also to work with all the other the other cast members especially the um what are you called like the little monsters the little girl was really cute and uh mm. the the skinny man behind underneath the table Hungani um, is really scared of, and then also 
<laughs> the the teeth lady uh yeah it was it was really interesting it was my first film so it's a very special um experience for me but i've also learned so much and the witch doctor character she was scary as hell um how, yeah how was that how was it working with because that's a very transformative character right so it's like it's almost like letting a an actual monster out because once you you're like okay hey here's the direct this is me pretending I've directed a film and I never have. <laughs> but once you give the direction of like, hey, this is sort of what I had in mind. Here's the script. Like, go ahead, get at it. And then like the first time you're probably seeing it is as it's being filmed, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so um, the girl, Marie, who played Anati as well, she played the witch, witch doctor. We just, you know, had prosthetics. Oh. Yeah, she um, had prosthetics on her face and... And she absolutely loved playing that character. Um, kind of like the inspiration came from um, Tia Delma from Pirates of the Caribbean, um, you know, the witch. Hmm. In. So we, you know, I gave that reference, but she made it her own and I, and she was really freaky and great. So this is a, a very ignorant, a question spawned from ignorance, but a lot of the films that we've interacted with from from South Africa have have leaned on that lore of of like the sort of witch doctor sort of involvement. Um, is that is that a part of the historic culture in in I guess your communities? Well, witch doctors are I th well very broadly um, now it's all over you know they're all over Africa and also in Asia so it's it's like universally it's just um you get traditional healers so not all of them I can't say each and every traditional healer is classified as a witch doctor but there's been mm -hmm. stories and myths and everything but yeah I'm not going to get into that but I didn't know eight or the soul collector was made so I've never seen a witch doctor movie and then when I saw soul collector come out I was like damn that looks like a great movie <laughs> but I'm so happy for you because I know Harold as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh I just want to add my little two cents to that um so like it's the the whole witch doctor um kind of like narrative within South Africa. It's quite a, um, a big thing in the black culture, um, primarily also in like a, a province called Limpopo, which is at the top of South Africa. Um, and like it basically houses a few tribes who be believe in that like the witch doctor is who you go to for anything that you need in your life whether you want to get rid of someone or whether you want to achieve something that's where you go and they'll make some form of potions um, that you either consume or get someone else to consume or wash in so it's quite a a thing in that regard so when you see a film about it to some people, it's a very, very real thing. It's actually not even fiction. So that's also what like heightens the, I guess, the stakes in such a form. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, uh, so it seems like it's both social as well as medical. Right? So it could be anything that people would go get counsel for. That's really interesting. There are more witch doctors or, or uh, traditional healers than there are um, Western or medical doctors. Um, 
if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Reina, is am I right with regards to that? Oh yeah, no, definitely in um, South Africa. So I spoke to a few, and not all of them use. So very few of them use black magic and you know the the real scary, scary, scary things. Um, it's just so interesting, but you can. I, I guess there could be more films where it's not horror and it's just a traditional healer do it, you know, just kind of explaining each and every sector. Um, but to, yeah, to get to Ngani's point, it, it's actually, it is a very sensitive, I, I kind of, because when I spoke to them, I was like, okay, I'm just going to make this fictional because it's a very sensitive um, subject because a lot of people um, believe. So, what we did was our story is we went very elaborate it's not like we we made marie look um more like tia dalma in the parts of the caribbean and the curse is a fictional curse it's not a real curse sure yeah and it's it's really interesting to hear all this perspective because you know for jamie and i we basically have an iteration of the witch doctor that's been abused by like western culture and yeah we see the depictions in like Scooby-Doo, which um, I keep thinking of the Princess Bride too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting though to to hear you know the actually rooted historical and researched uh, perspective and and depiction of that. Yeah, I, so, I, I'm interested to see. Um, yeah, and but we'll chat later about the Soul Collector because I think that's more rooted um, in a real uh, curse. Yeah. So Raina, this is a super deep uh, story. Is it something, had you been sitting on this for a while? What inspired this uh, story? What inspired you to write it? Yeah, I, I kind of just the, the mother-daughter relationship um, being torn apart and everything. And then the idea, it's just intriguing to think if you had such a tight relationship with someone and you found out stuff about them after, you know, they passed, would you love them less or you know, would you want to find out? It was just a, such an intriguing um, thought and that's where the story developed from. Yeah, it's an interesting um, to explore that sort of psyche, like, okay, so my mother is the worst example of human at this point, you, <laughs> yeah. you kind of learn. It's like, was the love I had for her just artificial? You know, it's like, uh, yeah. it's a deep exploration of, emotions yeah someone was just talking there was a story that was just written about how um this man was basically tried and found guilty of like nazi war crimes and he was just someone's like uncle for a long time and this woman was like i've known this person for you know 50 years they were my uncle and i loved them and i just now i now find out that you know they were a nazi war criminal oh, yeah. wow so that, and that's a real life thing right so uh, that's that that sentiment sort of packaged up in a real life example. And I, I guess until you're living through it, I don't know how one responds to it, but that's a, that's a real horror. Yeah. Right there. Oh, that's like real life horror. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's quite difficult because I think, I don't know, but if I'm thinking about the people I love, if they've done something in their past, I don't, you know, I, I think I would still like love them, you know, it's it's just, um, but it would make you question, you know, it, some things would be questionable. I definitely have questions and 
I would, I would also want to seek out the same way Delane did in the hacks, why and where and what's going on here exactly. I think sure. I'd be like that too. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, we kind of mentioned atmosphere and scenery and whatnot earlier. Um, I, I do feel like that plays in heavily to this film. So where, where was this filmed? Um, I'm sure you know, South Africa, obviously, but uh, where exactly? Chris, do you want to answer it? <laughs> or Ngani, sorry. Ngani is going for it. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say it's it's one of the best um, locations in um, Gauteng, which is one of the provinces in South Africa. Um, if I was to be specific as to where exactly I would require a name, um, and I think it would just be an honor if we could get that name from Raina, if she doesn't mind. Oh. I can tell you the name. Go for it's it. The Clean Cop Boutique Hotel. Clean Cop Boutique Hotel. That's Afrikaans for Small Cape, I think. Boutique Hotel, right? Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. So, guys, it's yeah. actually it's my that's parents' place. It's a venue, so all of it was shot on the same location. Tight budget, but oh, yeah, it's it's wow. a. Yeah, it's a, a wedding venue or, you know, called, there's a, a, a boutique hotel and they they just really helped a lot. Um, so Was this filmed pre-COVID? Yeah, 2019. 2019. So did they have to shut down a portion of it for a minute or did you just film like in in times where activity wasn't going on? Yeah, that's how it was planned out. January isn't a very busy month, so that's why we filmed in January and worked around it. So, so they didn't have to shut anything down or stop business or anything. That would have been me, like as a guest, I would have been looking for the pool and I'd walk in on you guys like filming and you guys would be like, hey, who the fuck is this guy? And I'd be like, uh. <laughs> yeah. In my trunks with my flip-flops on. <laughs> yeah, that's, so the little girl, I think she scared a few guests um they they got uncomfortable so be like no we're just filming don't worry <laughs> no our hotel is not haunted <laughs> exactly exactly well yeah, no i mean the location is absolutely beautiful and and uh, my wife last night when we were watching this was like we need to go there um yeah i want to go to south africa i want to stay in this place and i was like yeah it, it truly is it's beautiful so that that's really cool though that there's that deep personal um affiliation with that too which makes this even that much more special for you well yes and now you can go i'll give you i'll get you discounts <laughs> perfect i mean yeah i'm i i gotta go pack my bag i'll be right back <laughs> see you soon <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need a brewery as soon as we land so hopefully you guys have a, a good recommendation for us do you guys have any good uh, on-set stories anything super exciting or special happen the reason this this question came about is because when we interviewed Michael Potter, um, Rain, who you worked with on Triggered, mm -hmm. he told this bonkers story about how he uh, was like getting ready to film his first scene, basically. And he was like out in the woods in the middle of the night, like trying to get himself hype, hyped up. And then I guess the, the filming location for Triggered, there recently had been like a, uh, like a, a crew of cannibals or something he was saying like or or like a family of murderers and he said he, he got spooked by something and he started to run 
away and he ran into a tree into a tree <laughs> no that's why he was so good okay i wondered what happened he was so great <laughs> he said yeah he emerged from the bushes all bloody and scraped up and you guys were like oh my god yeah. makeup looks great and he was like it's not makeup <laughs> he's really method <laughs> yes he he was quite intense he was so so good <laughs> he set the bar quite high um i would say something that happened with kind of freaked me out was where Marie played the witch doctor she had this um these lot she had a a wig on um long dreadlocks and she almost caught on fire and that I completely oh freaked out I was like ah! that was really but no but we were safe and there was like fire extinguisher and everything but she was so in character that her hair like went into the fire and she's like no please just back up <laughs> that's that is that is very actually terrifying yeah no but she was fine i guess one i guess one small little story um was uh i don't know how much depth i could go into for the viewers that haven't seen the movie just yet but um reina i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna be doing a, no, <laughs> a spider-man on this one maybe too much um so I stand, I've, I've got to stand on this box, um, obviously for sort of like a green screen box to make it look that I'm, like I'm dangling or whatever the case may be. And it was, it was quite weird, <laughs> not weird. Like it was, it was really difficult to kind of like try and get my, my legs to dangle on a solid object. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Reina was like, you're doing great, Chris. You're doing great. <laughs> you did. And I, didn't, I thought I was so I thought I was so bad and she just kept on saying, are nah, you okay, man? You're doing fine. Um, <laughs> look, I don't know. I don't know if there's uh, many more of those kind of stories. I think uh, your friend uh, t topped it when he ran into the tree. But what I can say is that the set was amazing to work on and um, often uh, uh, attitude reflects leadership. You know what I mean? So uh, Raina did a really good job. And I think that's part of the reason why we had such a good uh, camaraderie on set and why everything went uh, according to plan and as well as it did. Oh, you too kind. Um, I, I had a lot of that's, fun and I'm glad you had fun too. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> we did. That's awesome. Ngani, anything uh, happened in, in your world while filming that, that made you spooked? Like even if it was just like using I mean, the restroom real quick on the off, off, uh, off scenes or anything like that? It definitely is not as hectic as Michael's, um, but um, for those who haven't watched the film, I won't give up too much, but there's a part where I have to deal with some worms. Um, yeah, and yeah. I don't like those creatures. <laughs> I'm sure you figured by now, like the kind of person I am. Um, so, so it was quite the, the challenge to to actually um, partake in what I needed to do um, because I legit was freaked out as the person, as the actor, as the character. Um, I was completely freaked out. So that was more of like an internal struggle that I was having by myself, trying to be professional and not sharing it with the rest of the people. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was a very, very difficult thing for me to do. And the more takes I had to do, the more cringing um, it just became. <laughs> I didn't oh, know that. That's a pretty that. long scene too. <laughs> oh 
I didn't know that. You were so professional. Of course <laughs> not. If I had seen something, you probably would have gotten rid of the worms and they, they needed to be there. <laughs> oh, you did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> great job, Ngani. Protein for the wean. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the reception been like um, in South Africa for, for the hex? What do you guys think down in South Africa? I can I can let you know. I've I've had a couple of people who've watched it, and um, everybody was has been really impressed. They really loved the show. Um, I've only gotten great reviews from um, and un well, I don't know how unbiased <laughs> the views were, but um, everybody who came back that watched the show said it was fantastic. Awesome. Good. Um, yeah, I I also have a YouTube channel with my wife, and we, we put it up. So yeah, so we we got like some of our followers and like subscribers to to go and like check out the movie, um, and we actually got quite a bit of feedback from them, um, and it was quite like. I guess like all over the place, um, not in the sense that there were people who didn't enjoy it, but there were people who were not finishing because of how like close to home the story was for them. And then there were people who were just finding it like really, really scary. Um, and I think going back to like what we were speaking about earlier on with the witch um, doctor and so forth, um, because of it being such a real thing in, in our, I guess, um, culture to some degree, uh, for those who do whether believe or practice when they encounter such a film, um, it will definitely hit them in a way that it won't hit people who don't believe or practice. And that's kind of what we were experiencing through our comment section, which was very, very interesting because we didn't think that the people who, um, I guess, follow or subscribe to our kind of content would be people who, um, believe or or partake in such if that makes sense so it was quite it was quite like an eye-opener for us but also very interesting to see how um, people received it yeah that lends credence to the fact that it's not you know it's not uh you didn't get away with the cheap one you know what i mean like people like it for the intent behind it beyond the fact that yeah there are jump scares and there's some there are elements of horror to it but it also has a pretty original story i mean yeah. coming up with an original story in 2020 is tough damn near impossible yeah. um but even prepping to watch this with with some of my family last night everyone said hey what's it about and i was like you know it as i was kind of talking through the basic storyline i was like this is a very 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 original um concept so it's great to to hear uh hangani to your point that uh the reception has been pretty open-minded and has sort of weighed all of that beyond just the elements of horror. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Um, I guess it's, but yeah, it, it's, it is a first film. So I do feel, you know, I would have done, well, not really. I can't say I would have done things differently because I think with our budget and everything we did, all that we could, we gave it our all and we worked our full hours and we worked overtime and uh, yeah, it was such a wonderful experience. And here in America, it's, it's definitely mixed and people are um, comparing it to big budgets and, that, and they should, and that's completely fine. 
So it's definitely mixed. I think it's like 50-50. Um, some people hate it. Some people love it. And uh, and it doesn't matter. As long as they watched it, they supported it. So I don't mind if they don't like it. And I'm just grateful that they took the time to watch. And uh, if they loved it and saw something that they liked, uh, it's it's really it's really humbling. How do you go from making a film to having it on Amazon Prime? And how do you, how does circulation work? Do you have to do it locally first and then branch out, or? Yeah, yeah. So um, distribution is definitely a tricky one for indie films. Um, did a lot of research, went to the American film market um, with the film, and shopped around there. There was a few. So you can self distribute. That's definitely a thing if you want to do that. Um, there's also so that's a very interesting, but you'd have to have a lot of marketing money behind your film. And you also, if you want to self-distribute, if you want to self-distribute, it's very difficult to compete with the million films that are on Amazon. So sure. I just don't think that was the right thing to do for Hack. So what we did was we got a sales agent and again, did a lot of research because who is the right sales agent for this type of film? As you were saying, it's not a, a straight horror. It's a little bit more of a slow burn horror. Um, so we had to do a lot of research. So you get a sales agent and then basically they sell it to the rest of the world um, because they have the great connection. So it's you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And they are real suspects. They're really, really great. And they have some pretty big indie films with them I don't know if you've heard about come true um it's a film that's about to come out or later this year sometime it did great at film this, festivals yeah is it uh South African horror no 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 it's a it's a Canadian horror actually um made by Anthony Burns I can't remember his name now but um Oh, nice. Yeah. We did a, an episode actually on Canadian horror films. It was episode 13 with our buddy, Matt Tobin. Okay, cool. And have a listen yeah. and, and, and you know, learn a little bit about Canadian films because they're doing a great job. So, yeah, no, uh, the circulation has been great. Cleopatra got it, um, acquired it. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more grateful for um, these indie houses and agents and distribution companies who've been helping so much um obviously it's not like a a hulu released film or a netflix released film in um in america but showmax is like the netflix in africa and they bought it as well so so we've been really um grateful and, and happy about that very cool uh, Raina, did you tap into any, like, what do you tap into when you use inspiration for, I guess, any film, but this film in particular? Is there any, you know, do you have um, any inspiration such as, like, you know, storytelling, photography, environment? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I wanted to bring kind of like the color grading and the atmosphere of Amelie. I don't know if you know that French film. Uh, we are actually terrible um, if it wasn't made between 1975 and 1995 and it's not horror we're, 
we're going to be blinking in the in the okay. limelight here. <laughs> well, I think your wives are going to like Amelie. I don't know. And I think you're going to like Amelie. I think all of you are going to love it. <laughs> Amelie is this quirky French film, but it's not horror. So I don't know. But anyways, it's got this very interesting atmosphere. It's got green and red and yellow are the primary colors. So that's definitely what we were going for. Um, so it's not a horror, but it's got a very surreal and wonderful um, color palette, which I was going for. The palette for. was definitely prominent in this. I can, I will say, like the even down to the detail of what everyone's wearing, I feel like had a relevancy. Yeah, yeah. So it does. It was. It was like this. It was like the Amelie palette, if I can call it that. And uh, yeah, like Chris was wearing either that burgundy color or the green, and everything was so it it that helps with the mood of the film to make it a little bit more moody and and push it in a certain direction so that definitely um was something that i i pulled a lot of inspiration from yeah like the color of coco's dress um the red dress uh definitely holds a prominence in that specific scene for sure yeah yeah and like you said with the hair the contrast between that and just her character is so striking with because of that platinum blonde hair yeah, absolutely yeah, she's gorgeous. Like yes, yeah, very much Emilia Clark. <laughs> yeah, very much. So very Khaleesi-ish. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, very soft-spoken, lovely, lovely, lovely actress. Um, I also think working with Chris, both of them, just gorgeous people, you know, but they also just lovely people as well. Um, so I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying and and felt that for sure like beyond like everyone being very very nice looking it's like they just appear to be like beautiful human beings and yeah it's, kind it, you feel and, yeah. it you know in, in the delivery so yeah and that's even more important you know than than any um exterior so so that was chris we'll just keep talking about you like you're not here man don't worry about it yeah everyone was like oh you should have Showing a little bit more of Chris without his shirt. I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute honor working with Coco. I really enjoyed working with her. Super talented, such a lovely lady as well. And uh, yeah, she really carried it uh, tremendously. She did an, an amazing job. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, uh, you all were for you, sure. You all were great, yeah. Um, all right, well, you guys want to talk about some South African horror films? I guess before we do that, um, any plans for continuation of this storyline, Reina? Uh, another film, or is it kind of wrapped and and done? No, I, I this was a first, and you know, like I was saying, it's very special and everything. But I personally feel that it's a wrap on this film, and um, I'd love to explore, you know, explore different films, and yeah, and uh, nothing can top a first film and what you've learned from it. But it's time to move on. Yeah, so, well, it was a great. Great beginning. Um, we're looking forward to seeing where you go from here. Oh, yeah, thank absolutely. you. Thank you so much. Chris, do you want to plug what you're working on right now and what's what's upcoming? And I guess talk about what you can talk about. Um, I know you've oh, got yeah, some sure. stuff on Netflix. Um, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, there's a couple of things out on Netflix. Uh, a show that won uh, three SAFTAs, which is the equivalent of like, um, I don't know. Um, the Oscars in South Africa, I... basically. Oh, oh my okay. goodness! Yeah. Is it is it that big? <laughs> it, but it's okay, yeah, cool. so, that's really big. 
Yes, yes, okay. I just didn't want to um, overstep my boundaries, if, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I won a but, couple of uh, yeah. uh, South African Oscars, guys, so. <laughs> um, called Bedford Wives, and that's out on Netflix, which is pretty cool. Really, um, a really good storyline as well. It's kind of like, I don't know if uh, you know anything about South African politics or gangsterism. Um, we had some Czech guys and... Uh, uh, one of the guys' names was Lolly Jackson and uh, the other dude was Kretcher. And there was a whole big thing between this dude who owned these strip clubs um, where he used to obviously launder money and contraband and all of that sort of thing. And he got taken out by the Kretcher dude. So that made oh, wow. big news. And, and basically the story revolves, it's, it's loosely based on their lives through the wives' eyes. So that's for hence it being called Bedford Wives um oh, and then uh, i'm shooting i'm shooting the second season of uh an extreme adventure dating competition called the longest date um it's out on youtube and uh the second season will be out in one of the local channels here and then eventually on youtube as well that was an actual dating show yeah yeah so um 16 singles come together we pair them up and they've got to do sort of survivor like uh and fear factor like uh challenges uh, while trying to find love so um yeah it was pretty interesting lots of fun and it did it did quite well <laughs> huh, so like love island and then like the amazing race mixed together <laughs> right right my wife will my wife is youtubing this right now <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing i'm sure you'll find it quite hilarious <laughs> cool awesome man and and Rena, what what are you working on uh anything you can talk about at this point or that you want to plug yeah sure no that's Chris is always like busy. He's he's. We had to work around his schedule because everyone is is in a very high demand. So, um, it's great to hear that even through the pandemic, it's been going so great. Um, yeah, no, I have. Yeah, no, I have a um, a feature film that I'm I'm slated to direct in California later this year. So it's going to be my first American film. It's also in horror, a horror. So I'm really, really excited. All right. Yeah. So it's um, it's also congratulations. It, thank you. No, it's it's an indie horror, so gonna have a lot of fun, and we'll see how it goes. And I'll tell you a little bit later when I can um, more about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. So that so that uh, that's gonna be filmed in California though, because you're you're you said you're down in uh the Texas area now. Um. Yeah, so I'm definitely, there's still like a 10-day quarantine and everything, so the producers sure. are kind of just working it out like that, and I think it's interesting as a female director um, to bring in that kind of, like a different perspective on a horror film, so I'm hoping that I can give them something unique and, yeah, something else yeah, with absolutely. their film. We've actually been sad, sad to say, you know, I think 98.5% of the guests we've ha had have had on have been male. Um, <laughs> and we've been actively, you know, trying to get, um, you know, a female presence on the show for sure. But it's kind of tough because we're like, we're a podcast called Horror Dads and we talk about being dads quite a bit. And a lot of times I think people aren't intimidated by that fact, but they're like, well, what are you two idiots going to ask me kind of thing? Um, so <laughs> we're... we're grateful that you uh that you that you've joined us and can't wait to see uh the next project for sure um no my it's my privilege back on for it 
No, my privilege. I think it's just, it was interesting for me because my husband doesn't watch horror. So I was like, what is a horror dad like? <laughs> so, oh, I, yeah. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, uh, is it watching being a horror night, dad requires. Or? Yeah, I mean, it is a little misleading because I think a lot of people are like, so what? You just torture your three year olds and make them watch scary movies. Um, but that's not the case. Um, we we have a lot to balance with our uh, fascination and and love for the genre uh, with trying to be good parents on a daily basis, which is a, a full time job, right? And mm. um, it requires a lot. And I guess the purpose of this podcast is for us to demonstrate that you can still have a good job or have a normal quote unquote normal life and and still love something that is is unpopular um uh and that your parents criticize you for enjoying yeah oh wow so, you're in the same boat as me my parents are like wow what is wrong with you we love you but this is strange yeah, and on it honestly like every time like my sons will portray any like um i don't know like if they'll be mad about something or if they're any like bad character trait my parents try to attribute it back to my love of horror like, those, oh, well it's probably because they're surrounded movies. by those damn scary movies yeah <laughs> i'm like no nah, i'm not like watching them 24 7 with the kids around you know he tripped over a <laughs> stair dad yeah. i mean yeah so that's um, that's the that's the core that's basically our theme is like you you can do both and okay you're responsible to do it yeah so, so i'm very curious why do you guys watch horror what what is in it for you why do you love it well so much? i think it's it's the genre itself but it's the characters it's the uh you know i i think every i love being scared i think most people who love horror obviously love being scared uh, you love being immersed in something that takes you out of your daily life and the normality and the boringness you know sometimes of of life the mundaneness i should say um you know you get to go and jump into these fantastical worlds uh, me personally i love the the more fun um yeah yeah the, the fantastical type side of horror myself uh like i love like the idea of going to camp crystal lake and hanging out with all my friends and then they start getting brutally murdered you know, like, <laughs> shit like that. i just love i love the fun aspect i always love the setup of horror movies um i'll watch like the beginning of friday the 13th like the first hour like every day of my life I just love like that, that environment that you kind of get put into. Yeah. And I think too, from, from a perspective of, of, you know, Jamie and I have this, we would love if this were our full-time job, but it's not. Um, so we've got, you know, full-time serious, stressful jobs. And on a day-to-day -day basis, we interact with people that, you know, the person you're talking to is just doing their job. Right. And they're, and they've got to put on their mask. Uh, you know, we'll do a nod to Hex. Your tagline is everyone wears mask, right? Yeah. Um, and on a daily basis, it's like you're getting 4% of the truth of what that person is. Mm. And I feel like in an environment like horror, the time that people really show their true um, worth or their true color when when they're under pressure or when they're in, um, I mean, look, look at what happened this past year in 2020. Like everyone was ousted for who they were because everyone's back was against the wall. So mm -hmm. people that were 
were greedy shit bags like that instantly surfaced and everyone was able to say like wow i can't believe that company responded that way they care about shareholders and not people or wow i can't believe the company um you know is living off a small business loan and they're keeping all their employees employed and and they're doing the right thing and they're trying to help so I, I do think horror exposes that and really um, exposes aspects of the human condition. So, um, but also the nostalgia of just liking the scenery and the suburban life, like it can be as simple as that, uh, or it could be as complex as the first point. Wow. Yeah, really the reason you watch horror and love horror can span, you know, vast amounts of uh, reasons, but yeah, the nostalgia is huge for John and I both. Uh, especially growing like 80s horrors. I don't know if you guys even really um, kind of understand the the different decades of horror. It's just like the 80s here for John and I growing up was just so huge. And we still love to watch the 80s horror. Like that's pretty much, that's probably our favorite. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, what are some films that you would like to watch every year at least? a few a couple of times oh man well that you're asking <laughs> the wrong people because that's pretty much john, john like how much people, time do you have yeah. no, I mean, well it does around. poltergeist like fall into that because i know it's the 80s like the first one so is that one it of does, your yeah. okay cool poltergeist happens around june or july um it's all seasonal for us because we have so many that we love that you know you have your 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 films that you can watch any day, any time. But mm. Jamie and I really like to wait until July to watch. I know you did last summer and to watch Jaws because that's it happens around the Fourth of July holiday, right? Oh, cool! So, yeah. And Valentine's Day just happened, so we hit up My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, when do you uh, watch the Sh- The Shining? Sorry, that's a that's a classic. Uh yeah, always in the winter yep. for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Yep. The Thing is a big winter film for us uh we actually have episode topics surrounding this kind of thing of like what we watch when and and what it does for us so that's a great question (laughs) (laughs) that's really and it's funny because anytime somebody asks us about new like we've been really trying to be better about watching new uh horror movies like recent ones that come out john and i've always been so like stuck in the past when it comes to horror Uh, kind of like know what you love love what you know and just rewatch the shit out of it. That's kind of our mantra when it comes to movies, but we've been really trying to work on uh, watching recent stuff, but it's so hard with the kids, you know, like we put them to bed. My kids go to bed late, like probably 10 PM. So Mm. it's like, then, you know, I typically just put something on. I'll fall asleep to, because if I put something on new, I'm going to fall asleep to it. And if you rent it, you know, it's like, Oh God, I just rented this movie and fell asleep. And (laughs) That's why we bought the hex, just yeah. to make sure we could but watch we, it whenever we did not fall asleep to that. <laughs> and you support but now we you guys. It. Yay. <laughs> no, it's um, um I hear what you're saying. If you're kind of like re yeah, going back and reliving and watching it again and stuff. I yeah. It's, it's comforting. Yeah. It's okay. comforting. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Okay. Like wearing your favorite t shirt. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our uh, South African horror films. So typically we have guests on and we have the guest pick their top three of that genre in this scenario because we had uh, three guests on. Um, Everyone sort of picked 
just one, um, and Hangani had to jump uh, jump off, which is which is fine. So we'll go ahead and discuss Chris's pick and uh, Reina's pick. Um, Chris, well, we've already discussed it, but Hangani's pick, I guess, sort of was Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers. Creepers. Yeah, I don't think it has a South African connection, but but that was his movie that he said uh, he said it actually scared him out of horror. I yeah. Think, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was um, a very creative film. I thought Jeepers Creepers, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, so good. We yeah. love that one. Justin Long's great. Uh, but Chris, you want to start with your movie, buddy? Um, which is uh, what year did this come out? I 20... think twenty nineteen. Soul Collector. Eight. Which one? Which one did I say? Oh, the Soul Collector from twenty nineteen. Yeah, eight. Yeah. Oh my bad. My bad. I thought I thought Raina said it was renamed in the states to Soul Collector. My bad. Eight. Eight's the one. Here we are. This is my granddad's farm I keep telling you about. What do you think? I love it. Are you lost, little miss? William, hey, who are you? My name is Lazarus. I used to work for your father. Letting him stay in the shed. There's something about him I don't trust. Do you have any uh, wife, family, kids? I had a wife and a little girl, both dead. There was a fire. I couldn't save my little girl. Yeah. All right, so this movie directed by uh, Harold Holscher, yeah? Harold Holscher, that's correct. Yes, both Raina and I know him really well. Um, very talented director. Um, yeah, and uh, basically, so I'm not sure how much you know about the movie, um have you yep. seen it yet yeah we watched it in prep for this episode yeah do you want to give a quick episode of like what or um episode good night do you want to give a quick overview of what uh <laughs> of what the film's about yeah absolutely um so uh, you know there's this man who obviously lost his uh well i don't know how deep i'm gonna i can go into it without anyone ruining it for anyone um who lost uh, his daughter i think it was if i remember correctly yep. Um, in a fire back in the day and he has to do something like we were talking about witch doctors and witchcraft and that sort of thing and he basically um, gets to this sort of crossroads if you will um, the proverbial crossroads and he sells his soul um, but he's got to collect various this this his daughter can only feed on on souls and um, basically that's where the premise uh, uh, starts from and the movie goes from there so um, yeah, it was really well done. Like you said, um, the movies uh, obviously do a lot better, um, you know, in the sort of um, like, let's say uh, the Bundus, if you will, um, kind of like in the outdoors or in places where, um, you know, you can have like the poltergeist move in and <laughs> you won't have a hurricane destroy the, the area. Um, but um, yeah, this is what happens with the family that then moves into this particular place and. This, this man then um, befriends a certain family. And uh, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit that happens. And you, you kind of like, you hate to love him because you understand the pain that he's been through. But um, obviously um, he does quite a bit that, that's you know, wrong in terms of um, killing people basically so that his loved one could live. Yeah. And I think he eventually gets to a point. Of, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, so that that character, I think his character name is Lazarus. Yeah. Correct. That's he, it. 
to me, Jamie and I were talking about this. He reminds me of, I don't know, know how familiar you guys are with uh, Greek mythology, but um, yes. yeah, they're the, the ferry driver uh, who drives the boat uh, across the river Styx. Yes. Yes. He reminds me of yes. basically an iteration of that. Um, and he, he's, his responsibility is to usher, <laughs> usher the souls, I guess, but that, that little bag that he carries around that oh, his God. daughter lives that that scene where um the i guess it's the the wife for back lack of a better term um when she peeks through like the barn and identifies that there's some stuff going on and she finds that bag and she runs off with it that that scene gets your heart going uh it's it's pretty scary and, and well done yeah it really is and um there are many stories that exist like that in in sort of folklore and sort of um you know, sometimes you don't know whether or not the story is real or if it's just um, uh, fiction because certain people have actually experienced these sort of things in, um, you know, African, uh, the African, on the African continent and in South Africa. Do you know what the scariest part of this movie is to me? I think we can all agree what? that this guy is the worst husband on the planet of Earth. He just does not listen to his wife. She's like, listen, I found a blood bag. He, he, and he keeps standing up for Lazarus. He's like, it's listen, it's not a big deal. It's just a blood bag. He cut himself. Get over it. Yeah. And she's like, no, there's someone crawling around eating fucking souls. You need to listen to me. And he's like, no, no, don't worry about it. It's all good. So. Oh, that's funny. That's, the, that's true. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> but always the hero or someone that tries to be the hero is the one that you know is going to get people into trouble. <laughs> right. Also, I don't know if you guys watch The Office, but that husband is Roy from The Office. Oh, yeah. I mean, not <laughs> really. reminds but, me of him, yeah. As I'm watching, I, Good I just kept watching it thinking like that was him and then he would start talking. And I'm like, what? Roy? That's not you, Roy. You got to get to Dunder Mifflin and get your, your palette. You yeah. got papered move. <laughs> get on your forklift, bud. <laughs> Yeah. Brenna, I, what are your thoughts on this film? No, I, I really like the quality of it. It was just absolutely, the, the photography was beautiful. And the actors are all just amazingly talented and the director as well. Um, I think when I saw the trailer, I was like blown away. I, I think the trailer was incredible. I think the film was too, um, it's also, I think, a more of a, a slow burner in the beginning. Um, but uh, I like that type of film and it was very mysterious and intriguing. And one of my favorite parts would be, um, well, kind of like the horror that they, they surprised us a couple of times um, where he sure. runs in the garden and yeah, I, I think it was a really, really great film. And I think the standard, the way it looks and everything is definitely top notch. Yeah, oh it's, yeah it's very pretty and the the I, i'm not sure how geographically it is um in south africa not having been there but that farm is so beautiful and the town that that outlies it is is so in, in such tough shape and the village yeah. yeah that that contrast is really kind of a metaphor for the film i think um yeah and, and that's and that's tough because that's the way some parts of South Africa look, you know, um, the poverty and everything. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a beautiful country. And I just, 
yeah, I think Carol did such an amazing job. And uh, like I said, I didn't know there was another witch doctor film coming. <laughs> so I was quite surprised. But I, I think the more the merrier, you know, the more South African films there are, the more people are going to be willing to watch films from other countries. And yeah. Yeah. No, I, I certainly feel that uh, th this was a great pick um, and I'm, I'm glad we had an opportunity to watch it. And it's, it's one of those movies too, where you find yourself in that moral dilemma uh, where it's like, what do you do? Yeah. Is he shitty or is he, you know, I it's would like do anything clearly he's kids. a shit bag, but it's like your kids. Yeah. You yep. know, and get me uh, at the bag. Yeah. And Come on. I find myself for most of the, <laughs> most of the movie liking Lazarus. Yeah, I, me too. Know, when he fixes uh, that generator, I'm like, no, don't stay in yeah, the shed. Come move, inside. Move into my house, yeah. bud. Um, but it's just, it, yeah, I don't know. Movies like that always tear at you a little bit because you find yourself just like torn between, would I do that? Should I, you know? And at the end, when the, the little girl says to him, like, why did you do this to me? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah that little girl's mm. just so cute. Oh, yeah. No, I. She I, really is. Exactly what you're saying. It, you can't really judge someone what they're doing until you're in their shoes. Cause I agree with you. If it's your kid, wouldn't you go above and beyond for them? Um, so it, it's, that's what's so great about it. Even the villain or the, the antagonist in the story, exactly what you were saying, you, you feel for them and you're torn apart. Raina, you want to jump to your, your film? Uh, yeah. The last one here, which is uh, love and monsters from 2020. Don't move. Let me see it. Don't move, Amy. Let me see it. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. I love it. That's super sweet because it's terrible. <laughs> oh my God. Where have you been, Joel? Amy, I love you. I'm going to come find you. The day of the monster uprising was the day I lost everyone. Only a small fraction of humanity survived to move underground. I've been scanning for Amy the entire time. And now I finally found her. Joel! Hey! Joel! Amy! Is that you? Oh my god! Hey! How far away is Amy's colony? 85 miles. It's an impossible journey. Everyone will try to kill you. Don't fight. Just run and hide. Yes. So it's not, it's an American film, but it has a South African director. So I thought it was um, South African enough because he made it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that director is Michael Matthews. And um, this, this movie is 2020. Yes, this yes. is 2020. Yeah. Starring Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, um, a bunch of Michael great Rooker. actors. Yeah. He's so funny. Love him. <laughs> He is. He, he, he's that character that John and I love, like that, uh, the goofy hero. Oh, I mean, we yeah. always find ourselves growing up, man. Yeah. Like, I, it, there's no getting around it. We weren't tough kids. We weren't athletes. We weren't like that. Literally, right. was me walking around with my Game Boy. It goes back to that, like Anton Yelkin, uh, yeah, character that yeah. we love. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I I really like this film. Um, for the viewers who haven't watched it, I'll just do like a quick summary. It's just like there's been this monster. Um, apocalypse and everyone's living underground so that these giant monsters don't eat them and then Joel's character um what was well the Joel character what played by Dylan 
he keeps in contact with this old flame of him, this girlfriend via radio. And that's kind of what keeps him going. And he's this character that's really nerdy and quirky and exactly, yeah. And then he goes on this journey to try and find her on his own. Um, and he finds this adorable dog. And it was a, just such a fun, fun um, film to watch. The dog. I love the dog. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, this, this, it was like a comet or something, right? That goes over top and then like mutates all of the creatures and animals and yeah. bugs and insects into essentially just like monsters. Exactly. And it's crazy that, like, how many times and in how many variations has that concept been explored? And I I still feel like this is so original um, just because of the approach on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, when you say that, when you say that premise out loud, it doesn't sound original, but it 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 comes across. Yeah. Like, I remember my wife had watched this with my son. I think I was here doing a podcast with John. And then um, she, like, texted me. It was one of those where it was like $13 to rent because it was just came out, or you could buy it for like, 18 so she just bought it you know what i mean yeah yeah um so i owned this i didn't even realize when i rewatched it but yeah it was one of those where like she told me about it and i was like yeah i'll get to that at some point (laughs) um with no real intention of watching it and then she kind of cornered me one night was like no we're watching this i think you'll like it and yeah i loved it i thought it was just so fun and that journey to uh, it does one of those things where it's like the grass is always greener you know yeah um he the whole movie is about his journey to a place where he realizes in the end uh he didn't really want or need to be exactly yeah. self discovery the, the place and... he needed to be was where he you know began and was all along yeah i, I have a mm-hmm. i have a comment here that this movie is a mixture between resident evil um juno and the goonies <laughs> <laughs> that's a good like nice summary of it yeah yeah because, um, yeah, I, I, but what I really liked about it as well is um, the monsters were so creative and so well made. It was, um, it was a little different, like that frog monster thing in the, in the swimming pool. Yeah. Um, they all had different personalities, these monsters. Uh, so it was, it, I know it's not it's like, obviously it wasn't a straight horror, but um this was something no, that it was fantasy adventure horror it had so yeah. many you're right so... and the monsters like mm-hmm. having their own personalities too uh, I'm, I'm sorry to derail but just i love that they're the monsters have a human element as well they're like look we we can't help that we were mutated like we're just doing our thing yeah we're yeah, hungry no, I love that they all have their own quirks yeah it, it very it reminded me a lot of like pokemon <laughs> you know how like they they all have their own uh little things and weaknesses and strengths and if you find those out then you know you're a step ahead of everybody else yeah so this film actually has a lot of potential to to have um to have sequels and everything i think and this was a film oh my I could... god you could have like a whole show yeah, yeah, based yeah. On... so no my husband watched it with me even though he doesn't watch other horrors and he really enjoyed it so for anyone who has a a significant other who doesn't watch horrors this is one to watch with them they'll enjoy it too oh definitely this would be a great gateway into the genre yep for sure yeah the comment this is is delightful i kind of like it when horrors are comedic as well but i think that's very difficult to pull off so um kudos to them yeah no i totally agree and john and i it's funny because we both sit in this little like pocket where we like horror comedy but john especially if it's too 
too over the top and too schlocky, John's out. Yeah, I get out. Um, <laughs> I may still be in, but this this movie is right in that perfect pocket of like humor, uh, but not you know it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, but it's also not slapstick. You know, it's not fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that suspense going, and that little girl, and uh, well, Michael. Rickett. Oh my god, she's so good. Yeah, yeah she's so, so good. good. So I love those those characters. All the characters are so good, but those two. That's where what really makes a movie for me is that little journey with Michael Rooker and uh, the little girl. Yeah, where yep. he he got you know she taught him a lot of stuff. It was just yeah, such a. I like that each character was yeah very different. And um, what the director did was, but they kind of strengthen each other when they're together and bring out the good in each other. Um, yeah, it was a, I think that was a really fun one. I think Michael Matthews has a very, very, very bright future ahead of him. Well, this was, this was really great, Raina. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for doing this with us. Um, and I know we we kind of lost uh, lost everyone along the way because everyone had commitments. This was a long session, but thank you for your time and, um, you know, both things that you've interacted with that that we've seen both triggered and the hex, um, fantastic. So please go check out both these films if you haven't. Uh, you won't be disappointed, and keep your eyes open because Raina is going to be making a lot more uh, that we're going to continue to enjoy. So thank you. No, thank you guys so much for this platform. It's awesome. And, you know, just showing people that even though they're parents, because I'm a new parent, you can still do what you love. And um, the more you do, the more you can do, right? So um, um, yep. thank you. Thank you for supporting the hacks and Triggered. Triggered was with Alistair Orr. He's such a great director. And, yeah, it was wonderful to work with him. So check that out too. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Uh, we know that we'll be seeing and hearing a lot from you here in the future.